everyone, and thank you for joining this month's episode of BD Talks. Today, we're joined by Anna Lake of Anna Lake Consulting. Hello, Anna. Hi. <laughs> so Anna is an expert in B2B client listening and has over 20 years global experience working with a range of professional services firms, including working in-house at Deloitte and BDO. And Anna today is going to be kindly sharing her insights into the world of professional services client listening sharing some of the key benefits and clarifying why focusing on your clients is increasingly important for firms and businesses of all sizes. So Anna, for those of us who don't know, what is client listening? How would you describe it in your own words? So I call it client listening rather than feedback because it's not just about looking backwards. It's also about looking forwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was quite interesting in a professional services context. I recently hosted a webinar and one of the guests was uh, Shandell Hallett, who is head of client insight at Grant Thornton. And she shared there that in in their strategic interviews with clients, only 30% of the questions that they ask are backward looking and the rest are all about looking to the future. For me, while it is about getting feedback, it's also about using client listening is an opportunity to identify future priorities and challenges for your clients. So if you're asking, for example, about what hot topics are of interest to them, that will enable you to use the insight gains, not only to check in on service levels, but to use the insight to drive your BD and marketing efforts. I tend to do my listening through interviews rather than surveys surveys you know they're quick often free but actually they can give you quite limited insight and uh, people get survey fatigue you know you get asked for (laughs) feedback via a survey from everybody from your broadband supplier to your doctor's surgery so quite often an interview even quite a short interview can give a lot more insight than a survey The most important thing for me, though, is however you gather insight or data or feedback or whatever you want to call it from your client, the most important thing is to actually do something with what you find out. So close that, close that loop. Gathering the insight is only the first step. You then need to also act on what you've discovered. Brilliant. Thank you. That's really interesting and hopefully very helpful to all of our listeners, especially those who aren't as well-versed in client listening. So from our perspective at the BD Consultancy, we've noticed that client listening seems to be more and more popular, especially as of late and within professional services firms. Is that something that you've noticed too? And if so, what do you think might have driven this or been the cause? Yeah, Caitlin, it's been such a a hot topic of late. Mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, I was at the PM Forum conference. And so many people were talking about client listening, either as something that they've already done, um, they've already done, but they're investing more in or something that is moving quite quickly up their agenda. So I, I definitely think it's something that more firms are looking at. And I think I think what's driving it is that professional services is quite a crowded market. So where clients are looking for a differentiator more and more, that's around the service and the experience they're going to have with a particular firm 
rather than the technical expertise because they think that's a given if you're going to an accountant or a law firm you expect them to be fully qualified and able to carry out a technically competent job what you're then looking for over and above is the service the that you receive and the experience that you have from working with that firm also some clients are less price sensitive and they're more willing to pay a premium if they know they're going to get a top-notch service and firms who who haven't necessarily engaged so much in client listening or have done it more as a tick box exercise of yeah. realizing the value that gathering more insight led data adds to their practice. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that, especially within the context of professional services firms. So yeah, from what you've said, it's obviously clear investing in client listening can act as a clear differentiator for the firms. But uh, what other reasons are there around why they should be doing client listening? Obviously, that is a huge reason in itself. But what other benefits or positives can and does it bring? The old saying around people buying people, that is still true. And obviously, professional services is a people business. So people want to work with people that they enjoy working with. You know, if you're if you're a stressed out in-house general counsel you want to work with uh, an external law firm team that you enjoy working with. And I I do hear that time and again. But we're such a service-driven culture nowadays, so we've become more aware individually as our status as as customers. And people aren't necessarily benchmarking the service that they get from another professional services firm or from your competitor. They're benchmarking the service that they get uh, from Amazon or a local restaurant or any other space where they're a customer. So quite a lot of firms are looking at, at what it looks like for in terms of client experience, not and they're not just looking at what other firms are doing in professional services, but what are B2C companies doing around service? Um, you know, and, and people look for, for service rather than a product sometimes. So even when you're buying something from Amazon, it's not often the actual product that you're reviewing, but the yeah. service. So you, you know what you want to buy But if it doesn't arrive on time or the packaging is damaged or the product itself is damaged, then then that's when you're going to say something. That's so true. And I've I've done it myself, uh, speaking from experience. So when I've ordered something online and if, yeah, the service hasn't been up to scratch or it's arrived damaged, I've definitely reviewed that rather than the item itself. So it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And even even the big online retailers. So my husband Mm. and I were just having this discussion last night. My go-to is always Amazon his is always Mm. eBay and something that he'd ordered from eBay uh, hadn't arrived and he'd contacted the seller and they said they had sent it and he was (laughs) trying to get a refund and it was quite a convoluted process and I Mm. just said why didn't you just go to Amazon it would be here tomorrow (laughs) but you know it's kind of interesting how even within those big online retailers when you do need something quite quickly people still have their own kind of preferences and you are looking for that service and that trust. I always trust that if I order something from Amazon, then it will be here the next day, pretty much. That's really interesting. Thank you. So just going back to 
client listening itself then. Do you have any examples of clients, firms, businesses who are doing it well or perhaps some advice on how to do client listening well? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that I try to get across is that client listening isn't just for big firms with big budgets. So my my smallest client is a specialist pensions advisory firm called Assure UK, and they have a team of about 15, but the MD is really, really committed to being the best in class for client service. So although they don't have a big team, they invest in client listening and I work with them on interviewing their clients and implementing the recommendations. And then we're also putting in a key account management program so that they're laser focused on their key clients. They've been shortlisted for two awards for client service. And although on the night they didn't scoop the top prizes, they're putting themselves out there with a clear message about client service, which can be backed up with evidence. So lots of firms say, oh, we're client centric, but they don't actually explain how. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So for me, I think it's um, the attitude and culture is uh, Mm. really important when it comes to client listening, client service, client experience, That has to come from the top. But then when you start an engaging client listening, it becomes everybody's business. And I think sometimes small firms think they don't need to do client listening. But because it's people delivering your product, I think that once you reach probably about five people, then you're almost losing control. So if it's just you or you and one other Mm. delivering to clients, you can keep a really close eye on things. But beyond probably five people, that's when inconsistencies can start to creep in. And I think you need to check up on on things. And you don't have to have a huge budget to do client listening either. It's It really is more about the will and the commitment from the top of the organisation, whatever the size. Great to hear that it fits all different shapes and sizes, as it were, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people do, as you said, conflate it with, with only being available to larger firms and businesses. So it's yeah. brilliant to hear some examples of smaller clients and the the benefits, the same benefits. Okay, great. So I think another thing that a lot of our listeners will be interested in is how client listening can and does tie in with marketing and BD strategies. So a lot of the things you've touched on, obviously, the differentiator point, etc, are really relevant. But are there any other examples you can think of? Yeah, so so my my own background, um, as you said at the beginning, is in in-house marketing. So so mm. I know how important content generation is. Yeah. And um Assure UK that I mentioned there earlier, they um used to ask their team for ideas for blogs to go on the website. And every month it was kind of people trying to, you know, come up with ideas. But now following the client listening interviews their marketing team have been able to map out the next year of content because they know what topics are of interest to clients. And therefore, then the marketing will have a better return on investment because you know that your clients are going to be interested in it. The 
insight that you get from from client listening is also obviously great for things like testimonials for proposals for use in on on social media on your and on your website so yes it is about client retention making sure that your current clients are happy but it can also help you attract new clients too and then in terms of bd when you're asking clients about their priorities and challenges they often open up more in an interview because it's not a sales environment. Right. Um, yeah. So they can talk about their priorities and challenges in a, in a, in a safe space. Mm. And then you can go away then and work out how best to respond to those in your own BD approaches. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great way for growing current client accounts and it can give you a great foundation for your key account management program and indeed uh, one of the first projects that I worked on with the BD consultancy Mm. was for that very purpose so we worked with an offshore law firm and the client listening that we did provided them with a really solid foundation for, for growing through key accounts and the other thing is it's really important for firms to be able to develop their client journey and the, and the experience that they offer to clients. Mm. So client listening can help because it helps you to identify and surface and unpick some of the issues that might be coming across at different parts of the client journey. So how is your onboarding process? Are there any sticking points you'll be able to identify any areas where you might need some process improvement. So there are lots of different ways that marketing and BD can use client listening. Yeah, that's fantastic. And obviously I'm biased, but I do think it is a wonderful tool to add to your sort of BD and marketing toolkit for for many of the reasons you've outlined. So thank you for sharing that. No, you're welcome. Great. So another thing I, I just wanted to ask was whether you've noticed any obvious differences when it comes to client listening in professional services versus other client sectors. And then a kind of second part to this question is, is there an obvious difference between B2B and B2C when it comes to engaging with client listening? Yeah, so so there are, I, I guess the biggest similarity is um, around people. You know, you're dealing okay. with people on a, on a human human level. So even with the advances of AI and chatbots and things like that, if somebody has got something that they want to um, complain is is too strong a word, but so, I mean sometimes people do want to complain. So some sometimes people need an issue, have an issue that they want to get resolved. They would always rather speak to a, a human. And I think that that is similar across the board. And I think in B2C, a lot of those businesses are largely still taking a survey-based approach, especially especially for, you know, high volume Mm. transactional purchases. But where there's a bigger current or potential spend at play, more businesses, B2B and B2C, are investing in a more kind of strategic and independent approach on on that human level. That's really interesting. Yeah. And the fact it all comes back to to people, a lot of the responses you've given, yeah, is really interesting. Great. So I just wanted to ask you a final question on a more personal note. What have you learned about being a small business owner yourself when it comes to juggling BD, delivery times and everything else that comes along with life and business? 
Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I have learned a lot in the last five years. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, and I can't, I can't remember who said this to me, but the saying that I, I heard a few years ago and, and absolutely rings true is um, do what you do best and outsource the rest. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, even though I'm a marketer, I'm not great at digital and creatives and graphics and things. So while I always will write my own content on LinkedIn and my newsletter, all the words that people will read from me are mine, but I have helped to create graphics and things to help to bring those to life because that is not something that sits within my skill (laughs) set. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think as a consultancy, we're we're always keen to promote outsourcing and the benefits. So it's yeah, it's Absolutely. great to hear that that other people are using other people. <laughs> Coming yeah. back to the people point, fantastic. Uh, well, thank you so much, Anna, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did, and I'm sure our listeners will take a lot from this month's episode. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Caitlin. Speak soon. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.